opportunity to worship you in spirit and truth, Lord, through music. Lord, we thank you that um, that words that were written hundreds of years ago could uh, speak to the present, Lord, to, to our current situation, Lord, and minister to us, Lord. We thank you so much that um, you've brought us here today for a purpose, for a reason, Lord. You woke us up. You got us um, out of bed. Well, maybe we didn't want to, but um, we're here, Lord, and we're thankful. <laughs> Lord, whatever the situation was um, this past week or this last night, Lord, we thank you that, um, that you know about it, but you want us to be here, Lord. And so I pray today that, that uh, uh, just the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing to you, Lord, that it would... Um, speak to your people, Lord, that, um, that your words would ring true in their heart, and um, Lord, we just thank you so much that you are living and active, that you, you are not in the past, but you are in the present and the future, too. Lord, we just ask that you'd uh, just bless us here today, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Awakened Church. Uh, my name is Richard Dubay, if you guys don't know me. Thanks, Brent. Um, I'm one of the pastors here. Um, you might not recognize me. Maybe you're visiting. Thanks so much for coming and visiting today. Um, come inside to the air conditioning. It's been super hot the last couple of days. Um, and, uh, but, but also, you might not recognize me if you have been here several weeks, as I'm a lot of times back with the kids, and I'm just not up on stage very often. So uh, I'm, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm bivocational. So uh, what that means is I work a full-time job, um, like many of you guys and gals, and, and then I also get the opportunity and blessing to be a uh, pastor here. So um, that means I don't get up here on the stage very often to preach. But I'm excited for what we get to talk about today. And um, I just wanted to kind of recap. So we, we're in the middle of our series. Uh, what's, it's called What the Bible Doesn't Say. And uh, the goal is to make sure that we are actually understanding and believing and living our lives through the truth of the, of the Bible and what God actually says. Um, it turns out that as we've been going through these uh, different sayings, that there's lots of phrases that maybe we recognize or that we even use. It turns out that it's not in the Bible or it's not even really what the Bible has to say. So that's why we came up with the title, what the Bible doesn't, <laughs> doesn't say. Um, so some of the past weeks that have been encouraging to me, Frank talked about um, how God helps those who help themselves, um, how that's not true, and that's thankfully it's not true because God helps us even when we don't help ourselves and sometimes even in spite of ourselves. So um, I can, yeah, amen to that. <laughs> um, and then Andrew last week, it was really cool, he shared um, about that phrase, you know, we're all God's children, how that there's actually some marks that the Bible talks about that um, help you to identify that, no, this is, you know, God's children have these certain markings, and so we can... Um, we can look to those and, and see that, you know, this is how we know we're a child of God. Um, so I encourage you, if you, if you missed those or you wanted to review them, we have most of those up on Facebook with video and, uh, and also on our website. You can listen to the audio, so you can um, go on to all sorts of SoundClouds and um, podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So please check those out. I know that it blesses me the time I'm back volunteering with the kids. I, I you know, look up the sermons, so... Um, this one is also an Awaken Q&A, uh, so we've got that up there, awakenqna at gmail.com. I know, uh, you know, I've done this a couple of times, but please throw your questions at me, any comments, encouragement, uh, as you're, um, as you're uh, you know, sitting here and listening to the sermon, please, uh, we'll have a time at the end 
So just kind of review those, and uh, you know, I'm happy to answer any questions. If I don't know the answer, then I'll make sure I get back to you this week um, with you know, my understanding of it. So please throw those out at, us, at me. All right, so um, in preparing to preach, I ran across uh, an old story of a missionary that was heading off to the mission field, um, and I felt that that really applied to this. So uh, I wanted to, to, you know, tell you guys about this story, and um, and yeah, see how it, you can see how it applied. So I want to tell you about D. L. Taylor. Uh, he was a missionary to Cambodia. There you go. He's from the 1800s. Uh, after completing his seminary training, he was able to. Uh, he was attending a Bible study, and he heard about going to the ends of the world and bringing the Great Commission to them. Um, and he felt, the, he felt the Lord calling him to the people of Cambodia. Uh, he had learned about Cambodia in his, um, you know, in his seminary training and the great need that was there. And uh, he knew that, he had, that God had prepared him, so he set out. He first traveled down the eastern seaboard, uh, preaching at any church that would have him. After three long months, he, he was able to uh, surpass his fundraising goals and raise twice as much as what he needed. He was also able to complete his travel plans and set off to Cambodia earlier than he actually thought he was going to. He boarded a ship called the Voyager, and on a month-long journey it went very, that went smoothly, uh, he finally landed in February of 1868 uh, in C Cambodia with plenty of supplies and a plan to preach the gospel. That first night, he found himself in a small fishing village's meeting uh, hut or hall. Uh, he was able to use pictures in his elementary level of the Khmer language to share the gospel. And 25 villagers, including the elder of the village, accepted Christ. This started a great first year that he saw over 1,000 uh, people put their faith in Christ. D.L. Taylor knew that God was with him because when he looked back at all the situations that he found himself in, he was well-equipped to handle every one. He did face some adversities, but, but he was able to figure it out himself, and he thanks God for only giving him issues that he was able to, to handle uh, through his training and quick, quick thinking. Um, and, that, and so I found a, a quote um, from, the, from a missionary that said that kind of reminded me of the story. Um, the missionary's quote was, when I looked back at my life of service to the Lord, I knew that I was doing the right thing because he never gave me more than I could handle. And this was said by no missionary ever. See, that's, that's not the way it works. Um, and that story actually um, is not true. It's actually a fake story. Made it up. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It's a fake. So, um, yeah, that's just not the way it works. Uh, yeah, hopefully you guys are like checking off like warning bells of like, wait, twice as much, raising support quicker. Like, yeah, that's just not how it happens. Um, but that kind of, I thought, would bring us into our topic. And at first I wanted to tell you actually a true story of a missionary. So this one I promise is true. Um, Hudson Taylor, same last name, but um, the real Hudson Taylor, hopefully you guys have heard of him. He was actually a missionary to China. And so uh, this is what his first experience is recounting of his first time going to China. Um, Taylor left England on September 19th of 1853. He, uh, before he completed his full medical studies, uh, departing from Liverpool, he arrived in Shanghai, China, March 1st of 1854. The near-disastrous voyage aboard the Clipper Dumfries through the easterly passage near, near Brute Island lasted about five months. In China, he immediately was faced with civil war, throwing his first year there into turmoil. 
Taylor made 18 preaching tours in the vicinity of Shanghai in 1855 and was often poorly received by the people, even though he brought medical supplies and medical skills. He made a decision to adopt the native Chinese clothing um, and a queue is what it's called. I think I've got a picture too of, of, uh, of Hudson Taylor. Um, he doesn't have the, the, the queue on there, but it's like a traditional Chinese thing that he adopted. Um, and he was able to gain an audience without creating a disturbance. Previously, uh, Taylor realized that whenever he was, went different places, he was being referred to as Black Devil because of the overcoat that he was wearing. Um, he distributed thousands of Chinese gospel tracts and portions of scripture in and around Shanghai. During his stay in Shanghai, he also adopted and cared for a Chinese boy named uh, Hanban. Uh, the Scottish evangelist William Chalmers Burns of the English Presbyterian Mission began to work in Shangtu, and for a period of time, Taylor joined him there. After leaving, he later found out that all of his medical supplies being stored in Shanghai had been destroyed in a fire. Then, in October of 1856, while traveling across China, he was robbed with for every near sorry he was robbed of nearly everything that he owned. So that is more uh, the experience that most missionaries have, and um, that brings us to our topic that God won't uh, give you more than you can handle. And so that is something that the Bible doesn't say. And I hope to show you uh, through the scriptures and uh, through some examples how. Unfortunately, that's, that's not the case, but actually fortunately for us that um, God has a way better plan. Um, now that phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle, it sounds like something that would be really, like would be a Christian thing to say, right? It might be on a Christian card or might be something that when something really tough happens, um, you know, you send a text message to a good friend and um, they might reply back with that. Um, and so... Um, I don't, you know, I don't remember everything that I said, but I may have said that sometime in the past. So if there's anyone that I ever said that to, I apologize. Um, that's, that was not my intention. So, um, all right. Oh, through the text. Yay, good. Yeah, so this was just, yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is a text message. Hey, I'm really... Going, I'm going through a really, really hard time. So sorry to hear that. You know, God won't give you more than you can handle. So it encourages you. It makes you feel better, right? Not so much. Um, um, so God cares that, uh, that he is working and doing things and looking out for uh, us. God does care, and he is looking out for us and doing things um, to look out for us. Um, so that is true. But if we take the phrase at the face value and we don't read more meaning into it, then um, to me what I hear people saying is that whatever hardships or trials that happen in your life, God knows about it and he's given that to you because he knows that you can handle it. Um, I get a picture of God kind of dropping something off in your lap and saying, hey, good luck, um, you got this, and like leaving. And that's not what God does. Um, so why is it dangerous to live this way? Uh, because a lot of People do live this way, whether we realize it or not. Um, so this way of thinking leads to us rely on ourselves, not on God. If we view God as someone that has limited interest and intervention in our life, um, but that He would just give us something or put something, put us in a situation and then leave us, then we will naturally look to ourselves um, for our own wisdom whenever trials come. 
But we should be looking to God and his wisdom and comfort during those times. We could be missing out on some major ways that God, uh, our, as our Father, wants to care for us and protect us. And when you make it through a trial on your own, we will wrongly be giving ourselves glory rather than giving the glory to God where it, des- where he, it deserves to go. Another reason that this is dangerous is that uh, we live, uh, is that, another reason that this is dangerous way to live is that when those hard times come, and those really, really hard times come, and you feel like you can't handle it, then what does that mean? If you believe God won't give you more than you can handle, then who's wrong? Are you wrong? Are you doing something that's not right? Um, do you need to try harder? Or does it mean that there's a time that you just give up? And stop trying? Or is it God who messed up? Or somehow miscalculated how much you could actually handle? And does that mean that we can't trust God or that he's somehow flawed? See, this can lead to resentment and bitterness uh, to God. And because we are all believing something that, uh, and that's all because you're just simply believing something that the Bible doesn't actually teach. Uh, now, I know what you're thinking, that I know someone that I need to tell this, you know, they need to be here today, or there's this other person I know that I need to, um, you know, tell them to watch this sermon later, or I need to tell them that this scripture isn't true, um, someone else. But I, I'm asking today that you would actually stop and examine yourself and think about how might you might be believing this, and how are you applying it to your lives wrongly. If you think back to the last trial that you went through, whether it was big or small, Did you turn to God, or did you turn away from him? Did you talk to God? Did you tell him about what was going on, or were you you honest with him? Or did you shut him out and try to figure things out by yourself and distance yourself from God? I obviously don't know every situation, and um, I know each situation has its own circumstances, But in general, if you react by moving away from God, I would ask that you really think about if you are believing some aspect of this phrase. And I pray that God would use the scripture today to show you the truth and encourage you to run to him next time. So let's look at the primary scripture that people like to use when they're, you know, quoting this verse uh, or quoting this phrase. Um, So 1 Corinthians 10.13 It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This verse is talking about temptation, which I would say is different than hardships or suffering. Uh, Temptation is the opportunity to choose faithfulness to God or to choose yourself and unfaithfulness to God. So we see in this verse that no temptation will come to you that the other people that other people haven't had before and that God is the faithful one he will not let you be tempted more than what you can handle and on top of that there's there's a safeguard that he has that he's going to provide a way out or a way to be able to stand up under it now we still have to choose that way out um, there was a, a youth pastor growing up his name was Sean Yost and uh, he used to tell this story about when he was a new believer in high school um, and he was, you know, learning to memorize scripture and learning to uh, read the Bible and start, and he was still trying to learn how to obey, obey God. One day, uh, an old girl, girlfriend who was not a Christian 
invited him over to her house. Uh, when he got there, he found out that her parents weren't there. Sat down next to her on the couch, and next thing you know, she's all over him, trying to kiss him and everything. And so God reminded him that of, this, of a scripture that says, uh, flee, flee sin. So he did just that. He jumped up from the couch, and he took off running out the door and just ran down the street from her. <laughs> um, and so, see, this was a temptation that many other people have faced before, um, and it's something that he, that he could bear. Uh, and God brought the scripture to his mind, and then he provided an unlocked door for him to get the heck out of there. So that's one, one story that's always played over and over in my head. Um, so this verse would be very encouraging to us because um, we all know that, we can, that when temptations come, that God is with us. He knows about it. It is not more than what you can bear, and he is also going to provide a way out or a way to endure it. So how does that apply to our phrase, God will not give you more than you can handle? Well, people have taken the original Greek word um, that is translated as a temptation, as it's a, the Greek word is perimos. Um, so I had to throw in some, some Greek for Andrew. So, um, so temptation also means, it also means trial. It's actually used 21 times in the, in the New Testament. 12 times it's used as temptation, and then the other couple times testing, trials, or trial. Um, so, but what we need to do is we need to take that verse in context, right? Um, what, to see what Paul actually meant. So in the beginning of the chapter, it talks about the Israelites. They were going, getting out of the land of Egypt. Um, Moses was taking them out, and then they turned away from God and they sinned. Uh, it talks about not setting your hearts on evil things and how we should commit and we, how we should not commit sexual adultery. Uh, then in verse 11 and 12, which leads up to verse 13, says this. Now, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stand lest, take heed lest he fall. The context is one of avoiding sin and temptation. It's not talking about trials and hardship. Therefore, we should not teach that the scripture says, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's not what that scripture is actually saying. So the next reason that this teaching, you know, of this phrase is not from the Bible is that when we actually are looking for teaching on trials and hardship, we see that it actually teaches the exact opposite. So um, in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, it says this, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired for life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raised the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So did you catch what Paul was saying here? He uses phrases like utterly burdened beyond our strength. Uh, we despair of life itself, rely not on ourselves but on God, set our hope that he will deliver us again. Paul writes that they had been given more than what they could handle and that God was the only one that could deliver us. Uh, later on in, in that same uh, book, so we're looking at chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, he says, um, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In this section, Paul is talking about something personal he's, that he's going through. We don't know exactly what it is. Uh, scholars have kind of come up with theories. They think maybe it could be that he was going blind or maybe some other chronic illness, um, or maybe that there was someone uh, that was like re- actively trying to prevent him from preaching the gospel uh, wherever he went. Uh, whatever it was, uh, I kind of believe that in God's wisdom, he, he left it vague so that way we could, um, you know, also apply it to ourselves. If we knew it was blindness, then we'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going blind. But since we don't know exactly what it is, um, you know, it's something that we can also identify with Paul about. Um, what we learn from Paul is that whatever the thorn is, that he didn't want it. Paul's telling us that he was pleading with God for this thorn to go away. And I just ask you, whatever the thorn is in your life, Talk to God about it. It's okay to be honest to God and plead with him about it. But what we learn from Paul is that there might be times that God's answer is, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. I know that it's a really, really hard answer. But if we can let God in his grace and power uh, work in this situation, then I believe that Uh, And I believe that it has to be something that's daily and sometimes moment by moment that you're talking to God and and, and trusting him for this. Then I do believe that, um, you know, God's grace and power is going to be sufficient. And I think that only then we'll be content to live with a thorn. I do think it's worth noting that, unfortunately, um, we can't expect this to be a quick process. Uh, When... When, when Paul talks about pleading with God three times, I don't think it was like three times in one day or maybe even three times in a week. I think it was over a period of time that he was pleading, going back to God about this. Um, but finally, Paul did to the, get to the point where he was able to say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So this begs the question, how should we apply these scriptures and truths to our lives? Uh, First thing is you want to stop sending those um, text messages, the God won't give you more than you can handle, text message and cards. And um, and maybe you can send ones like this. So I've got an example of an appropriate card. I've got the card here. If if anyone, if this really speaks to you, then you can can, uh, come up and get it from me. So here's an example of it up there on the screen. So it says, uh, the shepherd has a great weightlifting program. And there's a, it says God's gym, a little sheep up there trying to lift the weights. So then if you look on the inside, it says, no matter how heavy our, our cares, he's faithful to lift each one. I hope your heart feels light and the promise of his love today. So, and there's Jesus. He's actually doing the lifting. So super cute and scripturally accurate card. See, we can do that. That's what we're, that's what we're going for here. Um, I got that at Lifeway, like for 20 cents, because they're closed now. So. 
but anyways, too soon. Let's not talk about that. Um, so, so that's step one. Stop, stop sending inaccurate, scripture inaccurate text messages and cards. Um, now that we know the truth of the scripture, we can learn to apply it in our everyday life um, to the trials that come up, because they're going to come up, unfortunately. Um, so right now, you're one of two places. You're either in the midst of a trial. The beginning, the middle, or the end of it, I don't know, but you're in the midst of a trial. The other hand, uh, the other person, you're, praise God, you're not in a trial right now. Um, maybe you're just out of one, or um, you just know you're good right now. That, so those are the two options that we've kind of got. So I've got something to say to each, each group. If you're going through something right now, I don't know where you are specifically, um, but I pray that God would encourage you in this, that it's a journey. It's not a one-time conversation with God, so continue to plead with God to make sure, but make sure that you're listening to what he might be saying and teaching you. And consider how God might be using your weakness to bring his power to you. Think about how to share that with others, about how God is working and sustaining you during the hardship. There's going to be other people around you, other people around you that don't know Jesus, and they're going to wonder, how are you getting through this hardship? Not perfectly, not putting on a happy face and pretending, but how are you actually getting through it? And they need to know that your strength comes from the Lord. Uh, if you're in the second group and are not going through a trial, please use this time to draw closer to God, to be recharged, to get completely healed, to, uh, to, uh, to spiritually level up, so to speak, uh, to learn more skills to survive and thrive during the next trial, because unfortunately it is going to come. Memorize scripture, grow in relationship with connections around you so you have people that you can rely on when those trials come. Pray and talk to God. The better you know him now, the easier it is to talk to him when those hard times come. And also be the hands and feet of God for those who are in the middle of hardship. Who do you know that needs some encouragement? A text, a shoulder to cry on, or that thing that God has put on your heart to say or do um, that you just haven't done yet. You never know when it might be just the perfect time to encourage them with that. So I want to wrap up by telling you about the most recent trial that I went through. Praise, praise the Lord, I'm past it. Um, but before I do, I want to remind you that um, if you have any comments or questions, uh, wakenqna at gmail.com. Please throw them in there. Love to hear um, how God been speaking to you and any encouragement you might be able to give to the audience to uh, the other believers here and other people here so at the beginning of the year I ended up uh, it was a very stressful beginning um, because of a work situation uh, so as an incentive for people at my work um, to work a lot more overtime because it's our busy season they offered to triple our quarterly bonus so um, we had to meet some certain criteria though that I was pretty sure that if I put in the extra hours that I would be okay, I would be able to make those. But unfortunately, um, some m mistakes I made at the end of last year uh, leading up to this challenge made it that if I made any more mistakes at all, that I wouldn't get not only the extra bonus, but I wouldn't get my normal bonus. So the stakes were really high. It was triple or nothing. Um, 
So for about two months, I not only needed to work more, but I had to be perfect at it. At the beginning, I was very stressed. Um, I would dread going to work. I lost, you know, had loss of appetite. Um, didn't have any confidence in my ability to do a job that I've been doing for like nine years. Um, and, and so it took me a while to get to the point that um, I, you know, took my took my emotions and my cares to God, um, talked to my amazing wife, and you know, had my home group guys praying for me. And um, thankfully, I saw my anxiety and my stress go down. God gave me good, good perspective about the situation I was going through. Um, he made it so that way I could, you know, look forward to going to work and, and actually eat food. Uh, that was nice. Um, and, and it was a daily thing, though. It, had, it was a daily thing. I started off praying for, and um, sometimes it was moment by moment, you know, um, to, to ask for strength for the next, the next phone call coming in. Um, and and, and he, he gave me a perspective that no matter what the outcome was, that I was his, and he was going to provide for my family even if I didn't get the bonus. So um, fast forward to the end of the quarter, I was able to finish without making any more mistakes, and I earned the triple bonus. Um, and, but most importantly, I was able to grow in my faith in God and rely on him for something that seemed beyond what my strength was. And, um, and now I'm getting to share it with you guys and hopefully encourage you. And, and that's one thing that, um, you know, getting to live in community here at Awaken Church and with home groups, we all go through different situations and different trials. And um, we get to learn from each other. We get to know that, you know, because I saw someone else go through a trial and a struggle, then that means that that same God that was there for him or her is there for me. And uh, we don't have to learn everything on our own, thankfully. Um, so I also want to tell you about the end of the story for the real missionary Hudson Taylor. If you guys haven't heard of him, um, although his first journey to China didn't go that well, He's pers he persisted, and he actually spent 51 years in China. Uh, the, society, he, the society that he began was responsible for bringing over 800 missionaries to the country who, be who began 125 schools and directly resulted in over 18,000 Christian conversions. He founded China Inland Mission, and it's now called OMF International, which currently has over 1,400 workers from over 40 different na uh, nationalities, and they're serving globally. So uh, God is ultimately the one who's working through our trials for his glory. And um, I just hope that, that this is encouraging, that we will learn to stop misunderstanding scripture um, about this, but that we'll actually take to heart that God has a better answer than, than this phrase. So um, let's see if what you guys have to say. If anything, I'm just going to look up on the screen. Also, um, just a side note, there are other methods besides text messaging. messaging. I know that you young kids use, so you can also insert, you know, WhatsApp or um, Marco Polo. I just downloaded that. Tim, I need to hit you up on that thing. So I'm, I'm down. 
All right, question one. We're building suspense. What's that? Well, another thing I'll note is, um, while, we're, while we're getting this pulled up, that um, after, after the service, after Larry comes up, um, we will have prayer over here on the, you know, my left-hand side. So please come up here. If there's something that you'd love for us to be praying for, um, a trial or something like that, we'd love to pray for you and encourage you in that. All right. Um, okay, so referring to Corinthians 10.13, does that mean that God will come before your, your trouble will be too much to handle? Uh, he will not give us more than we can handle. Um, yes, yeah, so I, that's the way I would understand it, is that there's a trial that comes up, and, and I can think about lots of times in my life that there was like a, a temptation that happened, not a trial, sorry, a temptation that happened where I had a decision point where I could either go into that sin and, and choose that, or I could turn away. And, and God will make some really cool, you know, ways out. He'll make a knock at the door. He'll have someone call you. He'll make the internet stop working. He'll do lots of cool things to be able to give you an opportunity to stop. And so I believe that, that you know, there can be times that you then continue on down sin and then, you know, think, worse things happen. But there's always, uh, you know, at least in my life, I've seen this verse to be true. There's always a decision point that we could choose to basically jump off the, the sin train before we actually sin, um, and, and it's just a temptation. So, um, yeah, I would, I, that's how I would read that scripture. So, that's a good question. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks for refreshing, honest view of the Christian life. I appreciate that God humbles us so that we can turn to him for grace, mercy, and his strength. How much more power is behind our testimony when we are honest about our weaknesses, but God proves his strength through us. Amen. Yeah, it's not about us. Um, it's about God. So I appreciate that. That is very true. Um, I, I've seen way more people interested in hearing about Jesus when I'm honest and, and tell them about my struggles, when I'm living life with them and they see you know, tough times come and I'm actually open with them about that than just trying to give a facade of like the perfect Christian life. Um, that doesn't really appeal to people. They, they know that there's something fake, you know, behind the curtain, so to speak. So, yeah, I agree. Well, cool. Well, let, uh, let me um, pray. And, um, and then if there's any other questions, please, you know, let me know. I love to talk with you guys afterwards. Um, and just thank you guys for the opportunity to come up and share. Uh, Lord God, thank you so much for your truth. Lord, we thank you that your scripture is so rich and it's... Um, just active, Lord, that it, it hits us right where we're at. Lord, I pray today that we would be willing to, to let that um, just sink into us, Lord. We, I pray that each person that had something that came, popped up in their mind, Lord, whether it was someone they need to encourage or something they need to correct in their thought process, Lord, or it's a trial that they're going through right now, Lord, that you would come in and meet them right where they're at, Lord, that you would... Um, shine your grace and your truth on it, Lord, on that situation, Lord. Lord, would you uh, help them see that you are there with them. You're, you're, you're holding up the weight, Lord. <laughs> Lord, we thank you so much for that, Lord, that we don't have to do this life on our own. Lord, we thank you that you are, your spirit's with us, Lord, that you've given the, the body of Christ to 
help encourage and be the hands and feet, Lord, around us. Lord, you've given us so much. Would we tap into that and um, just learn how to live this life? Not, not one of uh, never stubbing our toe or tripping up or anything, Lord, or, or ever seeing bad things happen, Lord, but one that's lived knowing that uh, in our weakness, you are strong. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.